All right, well, good morning, everyone. It's so glad to see your faces here. Uh, and again, welcome to Center Point Church. Uh, Ken Allen, if you're a visitor, uh, we want to tell you there are some connection cards that may have been in your seats or right behind uh, the back there. If you could fill out a connection card and give us as much information about yourself as you would like, um, any prayer requests, more information about our church, um, our leadership, um, getting involved and plugged in here at the church, we would love to have you and love to have you be a part of our service and uh, with us as a church family. Um, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and um, we have one Kansas City Chief fan in this whole building, and so um, two, we have two, three, four, go four, four, we're going to five, 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 six, five, 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 we got some Chiefs fans in the building, so I will not be outdone, so I am fully dressed in my, in my Bronco attire because I'm just, I'm just rebellious like that, so I got to get some kind of shine for my team somehow or some way. We're so grateful to have you guys here. Uh, we're going to continue a series called um, I Need a Word. And every so many weeks we deal with a new word and then we start to unpack that word and kind of give it some, um, some looks and some views in regards to what it means to Scripture. And so uh, we've been dealing with I Need a Word. And this particular series for these last couple of weeks we've been dealing with crazy. I need a word and the word is crazy. Today we want to talk about crazy love, crazy love. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you turn to the book of Ruth. Um, the first, first chapter, and while you're flipping through the book of Ruth or scrolling through your app, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Um, dear God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you, Father, for watching over us and protecting us. Uh, thank you for bringing us to this point. Would you open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word, to receive your truth, and that we'd grow to be the men and women of God you so desire, to live out a life that just honors you and pleases you and brings permanent and positive life change. Father, we bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you please stand as we read God's word, we're going to read uh, from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. And again, they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung, clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law was gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything to, but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. All right, you guys may be seated. We want to talk about today crazy love, crazy love. We've been talking about on um, these different aspects of this word crazy. Today we want to talk about it as an adverb. This word crazy that I want to talk about meaning extremely. Um, you've heard of that, uh, say that you'll use the phrase, I am um, I'm crazy busy today. It means I'm extremely busy. I'm crazy in love. I'm madly, I'm extremely in love. Today we want to use this word uh, crazy in, in the regards of saying extremely. We want to talk about what it looks like to be extremely in love with God. And not only extremely in love with God, we want to use this passage of Scripture, uh, these next couple of verses, not just to talk about being extremely in love with God, but what it looks like to be extremely in love with a relationship with others to be successful. We want to cover two things in this next few minutes that we have together. I want to share with you um, just this passage of Scripture and these few points that is taking place. And so let me give you some background story. Um, Naomi has come to this land with her husband, and they have moved outside of, of Jerusalem or Israel. And so they're living in this land, and they're married 
married, and they have two sons, and then all of a sudden her husband passes away. Uh, she continues to raise these two sons, and these two beautiful, handsome young men, they decide to get married to women in that country. Um, all of a sudden, it's this wonderful family feeling again, but all of a sudden, Naomi's two sons pass away. And so now it's Naomi and her daughter-in-laws, and they all are widows. Uh, Naomi hears that uh, Israel is starting to thrive again, that Israel is starting to be successful again, and so she decides to go back to her home. As she starts making this journey with her two daughters-in-law, she realizes that I, she says to herself, I'm an old woman. I'm, I'm bitter because I've lost so much. I'm not going to do too much more in life. Uh, you two young ladies, my daughter-in-laws, you have been great daughters-in-laws to me, but I want you to understand you're still young. You can still get you a man. You can still get married. You can still have kids. Don't hang out with me. Go back to your homeland. Go back to where your people know you and get connected with them again and start life over again. And both daughter-in-law say, no, we're with you. She journeys on a little bit further, and she just looks and she says, you know what? There's nothing here for you where I'm going. Go back to your land. Go back to your home. Go back to your God. Go back to your ways. Go back to your worship. Just go back. You're young. You're beautiful. You still can have kids. You still can be married. You can still do the best things in your life. Go back to what you know. Don't go to what's unfamiliar. And one of the daughter-in-laws, with great tears in her eyes, grabs Naomi, her mother-in-law, kisses her, and she travels on. And Naomi looks at this other daughter-in-law, Ruth, and she says, girl, you know how it is, girl, baby, you are beautiful, you are wonderful, you are smart, you have so much going for yourself. Why follow me to a place you don't know, you don't understand? Go back home with your family. Go back with your relatives. Your sister-in-law has already left. Go with her. Travel. Go back and start life over again. And Ruth, this, this daughter-in-law of Naomi, introduces what we're going to talk about for the next few moments. She introduces crazy love in this passage of Scripture. She introduces this concept of crazy love, this extreme, I love you regardless of no matter what. And I believe God through this scripture wants to show us how we should show crazy love towards him and how we should show crazy love or extreme love towards other. I want to share with you these five statements that Naomi makes found in Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. Here's the first one I want to share with you. I will go after you. Ruth says in point number one, I will go after you. Check this out. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Ruth says that regardless of all of this tough struggles that we've had, these moments that we've had, these situations that we've had that have been hard, that have been frustrating, that have been difficult, I am willing to go with you regardless. I'm going to follow you through the end. We've lost loved ones. We've lost family. We've lost home. We haven't been able to build like we used to because the men are gone and we're not able to put the work in like we used to. I'm going wherever you need me to go. I'm willing to go. I am making a declaration that I am so extremely in love with you that regardless of the hardships, the tough times, the rough moments, I'm willing to love you and follow you and go with you. That's the kind of extreme love we need to have when it comes to God. There are going to be high moments in life, and there are going to be low moments. There's going to be loved ones that we lose, and there's going to be ones that we want to hang on to, and there's going to be things that happen in ups and downs, but can we still hang on to him? Can we still love him and go with him regardless of the hard times or the bad times or what seems to be the worst times in life? And Ruth says, regardless of, of what's taking place and who we've lost, 
who's left us because of death or who's left us because they willingly wanted to go back. I'm committed to go with you regardless of wherever you want to go. That's the kind of extreme love that we need to have with God. That God does not promise us every day will be great. But he does promise that he is with us. Can we love him to an extreme nature that we can go where he wants us to go? Can we follow him regardless of the hardships and the rough moments? His extreme love follows us in our worst and most sinful moments. His extreme love, when we turn our backs on him, when we have denied him, when we have no business with him, when we want not to mention him, when we are willingly involved in sin and wrong things, he still has extreme love to say, my presence, my spirit is still with you even in your worst moments. Can we start to grow to say, I want to follow you wherever you go, wherever you lead, wherever you want. I'm with you regardless of hard times and bad times, job loss, marriage loss, life loss. I'm still with you and committed to you. It's funny because this kind of love that God is talking about, this is a crazy extreme love, I will go after you love, is the same kind of thing we need to look for in the people that we're going to have connected to us as we move forward in life. I need people that are connected to me, that will go after me, that will go with me, that will stick with me because they're committed to us being successful. Are you guys with me? I need people on my team that, that want to be about us being successful. Um, I was watching uh, th th this video of the Los Angeles Lakers, and this guy comes up on the Lakers team, and he goes to slam the ball and dunk it. And if you look behind him in the background, it's his teammate jumping in the air, celebrating his dunk. He's not even dunking the ball. He's running down the court behind him, and he's celebrating his teammate dunking the ball. It's not his two points, but he's excited that his teammate is scoring the two points. I need people that are like, dude, where you go, I go. I want to be committed. I'm connected. When you score, we score. I'm excited about our relationship together. You and I need people on our team that are extremely and crazy and madly in love about you being successful, that will call you in your worst moments and say, I'm here for you, that will cry out and pray for you and love on you. You need those kind of people. If they're only around when you're doing good so they can get good, then they need to get gone. I need people that can celebrate and connect and rejoice with me and be a part of my team. And good times and bad times, I'm with you to the end. Those are the kind of people you need in your life. I was listening to a pastor friend of mine talk one day, and he has a, he has a church of thousands. And so he comes home one day, and he sees his wife packing a suitcase. And he said, what are you doing? She says, I'm tired of this marriage. I'm tired of these church folk. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of these kids, and I'm leaving. And while she's packing, she looked over, and he had a suitcase, and he was packing clothes. And she said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going where you're going. I'm tired of everybody too. <laughs> and she sat there, and she yelled to the top of her voice, and she started to cry, and she started to laugh, and she hugged him, and they laughed and cried together. I need people that we're so committed and connected that if this life is trouble, we're going to figure it out together. We're going to move together. We're going to get a plan together. 
I don't care about this house more than you. We're going to work it out, what, together. You need people that are committed to going where you are going, that are committed to recognizing that when you and I are in our worst states of life, they will go into the trenches to grab you, to hold you, to love you, to pray for you, to cry out for you, to worship with you, to speak to you, to encourage you of life. I will go after you. It's the crazy love we need to have towards God and the crazy love we need to have towards others. Here's point number two. Here's the next statement that Ruth gives us. She says, I will reside with you. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Ruth says, where you go, I will go. And where you set up your tent, where you make home, I'm going to make my home. I'm not worried about the surroundings around me. I'm not worried about what people say or what people think. I'm going to make this place my residence. I'm going to live here. I'm going to make it home. I'm going to find a way to make it happy and successful. Life sometimes does not always feel happy and successful. But when God is calling you and taking you to places, are you willing to say, forget what doesn't feel happy? I'm going to make it happy. This doesn't feel like home, but I'm going to put in all the work to make it feel like home. This isn't my colors. This isn't the size. This isn't my design. This isn't where I want to live. This isn't my zip code. But I'm committed because God has called me to this place. I'm going to make it home. You have to start to get to a place where the God of the universe says, I need you to go here and I need you to stay here to not say, I can't wait till I get out of this place. I can't wait till my season is over. I'm going to embrace every moment of it. I'm going to live it in. I'm going to drink it up. It's going to be my place. Because if God called me to this place, then it must be intended for me to be in this place. And she says, I'm going to make this my home. These aren't my people. They don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't dress like me. But I'm going to make this home. Luther Vandross used to say, a house is not a suode. I'm sorry. Hold on. My fault. Bad example. Um. This concept that I'm going to make something, I'm going to make the best of a situation. You heard somebody say that before? I'm going to make the best of this situation, and I'm going to embrace it until I love it. I told you our quote in our house is, live it, like it, love it. Why do I got to take the dishes out? Why do I got to do the dishes? I don't like it. It's part of the process growing up. Live it, like it, love it. I don't want to take the trash out. It's cold. Every time I got to take the trash out. Live it like you love it. Learn how to be responsible. Responsibility is hard. Yeah, so is waking up every morning to work a job. Live it like you love it. These are the things that make you successful in life. You can cry about the surroundings and the places that God puts you, and you'll miss out on everything great. Or you can embrace it and hold on to it and wrap it up and grow from it. You know what I've learned about horrible situations? That you can learn everything you shouldn't do in horrible situations. So that when God moves you to the next place, you know exactly what to do because you know what not to do. But if you sit there and say, this stinks and this stinks and this stinks and I hate this and ah, 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 you miss it. Sometimes God puts you in places so that you can grow from it in a positive way. And sometimes God puts you in negative situations so you can grow from it in a positive way. But if you only focus on the negativity, you'll never get the positive. Man, I'm preaching. Love it. 
And so the God of the universe is saying, I want you to reside in certain places that may be frustrating mentally, financially, emotionally, marriage-wise, child-wise, child-wise, everywise. <laughs> Come on, parents. And so the God of the universe says, I want to put you in awkward places so that you can grow from them and learn from them. And you have to understand that Ruth says, I don't know anything or much about your family or culture, but I'm willing to reside. I'm willing to pitch my tent. I'm willing to make this home. I'm willing to live here. She also says in her third statement, she says, I will embrace you and your ways, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. She says that I'm willing to embrace you, God, and your ways. I'm willing to embrace the people and you. I'm willing to embrace the people and you. The hardest part of being a pastor is the you. You'll get it in a second. Give me a second. The hardest part of being a pastor It's not preparing sermons. It's not doing the work. It's not serving. It's sometimes that people don't treat the pastor great. It happens. It's life. If it's a mistake, it's the pastor's fault. Lights don't work, it's the pastor's fault. And then do the lights. The sermon's great. Pastor's great. If I don't call you for two weeks, pastor's horrible. Worst pastor in the world. There is a thing where God says, these are my people, and and these are your people, and if you call yourself a Christian and a believer, whether in this church or outside of this church, they are your people. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ because they've been covered in the blood. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. There's relationship and there's bond, and guess what? People are going to do you wrong. People will cause you to be upset and angry and frustrated, and yes, even the Christians. And yes, even the pastor, and yes, even the, the pastor's wife, and yes, uh, the, 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 the leadership. I'm not, not, no, I'm not doing that. I saw you give me that my eyes. I'm not looking over there. Uh, it all just people. People will mess you up. But you have to realize that I'm not just here because of you. I'm here because of you. And there are going to be people that upset me and hurt me and talk about me and do all kinds of things. Me and my relationship is greater being where you want me to be than it is about the people around me that's bothering me. Man, I'm preaching. Tough today. You know what's funny? They'll talk about you for 10 years at your job, and you won't never leave. They look at you funny twice at church, gone. There's more spiritual benefit in your church that God may have called you to than your job for 10 years. But you ain't leaving that government job. Not them benefits and that good check. But man, they talk about you twice, look at you funny. God says, listen, I want you to understand there are going to be some people that you're going to love that are Christians. There are going to be some people you don't necessarily want to talk to as a Christian. But they're still God's people. We're still going to have to pray for them to grow up, get bigger, get more mature, understand God's ways. And if they never open their mouths to speak, whatever. There's 30, 40, 50 other people I can speak to. 
You ain't the only one, girlfriend. Keep it moving. Hey, what's up, brother Mike? Mike didn't want to give me a dap, nothing. <laughs> All right. Next week, brother Mike, brother Mike, where you at? Mike, 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 Nothing. Hate Mike. Um, <laughs> Dennis, would you pray that there's a brother in our church that I'm having issue with? Pray for him and pray for me that we would grow and be mature. See what I did? I didn't say that bald-headed dude, Mike, with that spot on his eyebrow. He don't never talk. I ain't give you no names. Pray for the dude. Pray for my heart. Sometimes negativity of people can push you to another person that causes a greater relationship. And sometimes you need negative people to push you into a positive setting. Man. He says, embrace. She says, I will embrace you and I will embrace your ways. I will embrace your word, God. I will embrace to love you. I will chase after you crazily. I will be extremely in love with you to find your word, to find your truth, to worship this God, that his ways don't fully make sense to my ways, but I'm willing to submit and surrender myself to his truth. I don't want to necessarily say and pray for somebody I don't like, but because the Bible says so, I'll do so, because it's God's ways. I need people on my team to say, you know what, Brian, I think you're a great person, but this idea sucks. And I ask you, why do you think it sucks? It sucks because blah, blah, blah. Is that your opinion or is that like a spiritual opinion? And then let's hash this out. Let's talk this out. Let's work this out. I strive to surround my people with people that are greater than me because I don't know it all. And I don't want to make mistakes. So when we mess up, I can blame them. <laughs> but I want to surround myself with people that have great ideas and great wisdom and great insight. I want to listen and take it in. I may not necessarily agree with it, but let's ponder over it. Let's talk about it. Let's revisit it. Let's come back and figure out how we can make it better. You need to have people in your lives that are extremely committed, extremely in love with you, that regardless of your position, your title, your power, that they can talk to you and express to you truth. And if you are somebody that's extremely in love with God, you will humble yourself to hear what they have to say. And they may be 100% wrong, but you were willing to listen. And being willing is what God desires from us the most. Point number four. She makes a statement, I will embrace you in your ways. And then she makes the statement, I will be fully committed to you. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. She makes this full commitment that I am so all in that I will connect with you, that I will be in relationship with you, that I will join with you, that I will be in a relationship to a point where this life is over for me. I am all in and being connected and committed to you. That's extreme love. That wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you set up your tent, I'll set up my tent. I will embrace your people and your ways. I'll endure to a point where I'm willing to lose this life. I'm committed to the very end. That's the kind of relationship that God is saying I'm requiring and I'm asking and I'm begging and I'm hoping that you will give me. How do I know? Because he did the same thing with his son. 
he committed his son to death so that we could have the best possible life and experiences with him. That we would know him on a more intimate level. He committed his whole everything. You don't have people that's committed to the very end. You need to rearrange your circle. Are you guys with me? There are circles in life. There are circles in life. There are circles in life, and, and inside that circle, there's a tight-knit group of people that I call, those are, those are my dogs. Y'all with me? Those are my people we can roll with through hard times and good times and bad times. They'll have my back no matter. Those are my dogs. And then I got some folks that's kind of on this bigger circle, and they're really tight. We're friends. We're cool. We can talk. But I know when it comes down to the toughest situations, I can call on them, but I'm going to lean more on my dogs. You with me? And then I got that circle, and then I got another circle, and I got a friend circle, and I got enemies. And the thing about circles are you have to move them around occasionally to reposition the circle because those people that were for a season, for five years, your dog, maybe they, they, they fit there. And maybe somebody who's way out here who were enemies, they now become frenemies. <laughs> we'll move too far. They're frenemies. You got to move a little bit. And somehow something happens and we move all the way in here and you you got to constantly rearrange the circle. But this is a part of saying, do I have committed people to the core that are with me, that can walk with me, that can move and do life with me? These are the people I need to do life with. And everybody else will do life together. Did y'all catch that? Life with, life together. Sometimes the with people become the together people. Sometimes the together people become the with people. But you need to have people that are committed to the cause to making you successful, that will reach in the gutters and in your bad times and say, I'm here for you 100%. And if you don't have a single one of those, welcome to Center Point Church, Ken Allen. We are a band of loving misfits. Somebody in here could probably fit really good in your inner circle. And there's probably some folks that's been here that's been in your inner circle as life has gone along. Oh, I didn't like that one. All right. Ruth says, I am fully committed to you. I'm committed with this crazy, uh, this intense love, this relationship that I'm committed to you growing. I'm committed to us till death. I need people that are committed to you being successful. That's how you become successful is that there are people that are committed to you. I'll say it one more time. Not just because it's good. For them to be committed to you. I got a kid playing football right now, and he's doing great things in football for his age group, his time, and his season. And we're leaving a team, leaving the team by team, because this team was great for elementary school. Now we're getting ready for middle school. And after middle school comes high school. I need to get him on track so that he will be one of the best at middle school so that he'll be one of the best at high school. You guys with me? And so the team that he's on was great for playing football. It was better than the other. It was better than county, a little travel team. That travel team was great for those years that he played, but we got to go to a higher level of competition. We got to get more exposure. We got to do X, Y, and Z. So we got to leave that team, and we got to go somewhere greater. You guys with me? And as we decide that we're going somewhere greater, I got one person that's calling me to say, wherever you go, we want to go. Well, we want to go where you go. We're committed because you, what they recognize is that we are committed to a process of success. 
and they want their kid to be committed to the same process of success. You guys with me? And so what that parent has told me is wherever you go, if they're looking at your kid, then, then because they're looking at your kid, they may see what my kid does, and then they'll, 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 look at our, they'll look at our kids together. That's great in concept, but your kid doesn't work as hard as my kid does. Hello? So if you go where we go, you might bring down what we're trying to do. Y'all, is everybody with me? We play on the same team on the same line, and you're doing less than what he's doing because your kid ain't putting in the work to do what needs to be done. You have the potential of bringing us all down. I can't stop you from going where I go, but we're connected and we're not connected because ultimately we got to go to another level. And if you can't commit to going to another level, then you might end up staying here while we're going here. You need to be in a position where you have people that are committed to where you go and are willing to do the same amount of work to get where you're trying to get to. Oh, man. Woo! Did y'all catch that? Don't let people be committed to being committed to your commitment. All right, let me say it another way. Don't let people be committed to your commitment and they're not willing to commit. Man. What time are we going to the weight room? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock shows up. You, you coming to the weight room? Nah. Had a long day. All right, well, I got this team lined up. What team you got lined up for us? What? For us? Where did you, when did you work? When did you do? Oh, you got a job. Congratulations. Happy. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Tap you up. Boy, you got a job. Can I get $20? You come back around, hey, can I get $20? What? You need people that are committed to you being committed and willing to put in the same amount of work to being committed. Whatever. Y'all don't hear that. That's fine. I would suggest you look at your friends and your circles and see if they're committed to you or they're committed to the process with you. Because they can't stay in your circle if they're not committed to the process with you. All right, whatever. Let's move on. Um, my bad. Got a little serious. Um, last point. She says, I will put my life on the line for you. I will put my life on the line for you. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Wow. Did y'all catch that? We could have stopped at point four. We get it. You're committed till death. Ding, you win. But then she comes back around and says, I'm so committed to you that I'm not going to use death as the ultimate tap out. I'm so committed to you that if anything happens to me before death, if I leave you before death, let something seriously happen to me. Wow. There's a lot of people that say I'm with you to the very end, and they roll out way before the end. And she says, I'm so committed to you that I'm giving you a promise in four that I'm with you to death, but 
if anything happens between the tap out and death, let you understand I'm so committed, I hope something bad happens to me. They're willing to put their life on. I need people in my life that are willing to put their life on the line. And while I'm there, are you willing to put your life on the line for some folks? Hello. Are you so committed to certain people that you're willing to give your life for them? Are you willing to put your all into them? Are you willing to put your blood, sweat, and tears into them? Are you willing to put everything you have in them to develop, to be the greatest person they can be? Do you care? Do you love? Do you pray? Do you worship God for them? Do you hope that God would change their lives, their finances, their marriage, their struggles, their hardships? Would you pray for them to overcome depression and heart, heartache and, and, and burden? Are you that committed to them? You put your life on the line. Are you willing to turn down your sandwich and your plate to fast for them? Your can of soup, would you put it back on the shelf for them? Are you willing to fast from TV and shows for them? Man, it's quiet. We got to point four and five and everybody's out smiling. Because the kind of commitment that we're talking about is a commitment that goes greater and farther beyond just this level. God is saying the crazy, amazing, excited, amazing love I want from you is a commitment of your life, not just your death. When we give our lives to Christ, we are saying we are dead to what? Sin and the things of this world. And yet we give our lives to Christ and we continue to stay connected to the sinful things. God says, are you willing to give me your life? You've committed your life to death from sin. Why is this fly following me? Um, maybe it's a death signal. I don't know. Just hang in there. It's a death fly. Are you committed to this process? Are you committed to give your life? Not just the statement of I've given myself to death, but are you willing in the process to die daily, regularly, remembering your commitment? Your life is on the line. Some people have given their lives to Christ, and they're still letting their life be ruined by bad decisions, bad choices, bad actions, and sin. I believe without a shadow of a doubt they are saved, but then their decisions they make are constantly bad decisions that lead to some kind of hurt or pain in their life. You guys know them. Some of you guys are them. And God says, I want you to live a life that's so crazy and so enthusiastic and so committed that you start to recognize that you are part of me, that you have committed this life to me, that you're residing in the place where I put you, that you're making your people and his people the same people. They're my people. We're embracing these folks. We're living with these folks. We're doing life with these folks. I am committed to death, and I'm living a life that I'm putting it all on the line to be with you. Because the God I know committed to death his son, and the God I know lived a life that showed through his son of commitment to the God of the universe. And he did it in love, and he did it in consistency. And no, we are not perfect, but are we on that path? And if the answer is no or I can do better, then you're in the perfect place to start to learn how. God doesn't want your cash. He doesn't want your checkbook. Marty wants your cash and checkbook. 
Marty right now is like he's a finance dude. He's like, shut up. He doesn't want he doesn't want your pennies in, in your dollars. The God of the universe wants to be madly and crazily in love with you. And he wants you to love him back. He wants you to love him back. To the same depth, to the same level, the same response. And it's not that you're not capable. The question is, are you willing? The question is not that, are you capable? The question is, are you willing? Ruth was going somewhere she's never been before, to a place maybe she's only heard about. And she's willing to give it all up to follow someone she's crazily in love with. Are you willing to follow the God of the universe to the same outcome? And are you willing to have people connected to your life who can give you that kind of dedication? And can you give them that same kind of dedication? Watch this. Here's your takeaway. If you remember anything else we said today, to have a vibrant relationship with God is to be crazy in love with him. To have a vibrant relationship with God is to be crazy in love with him. To follow a God to the ends of the universe, to follow a God where he leads, to follow a God where he calls, to follow a God that says, I want you to be part of me, I want you to be part of something, I want you to be part of a church, a body, a community, to follow a God in awkward and weird places, when you have that kind of commitment, it will change who you are. And when it starts to change who you are, it will change your commitment level to others. Did you catch that? Your commitment level to others will change or your commitment level to God. What you invest in God will show you how to invest in others. What you invest in God will allow you to be able to determine, are you investing in what I need to be invested in, friend, cousin, mother, father. The scripture says that he comes to separate Mother and daughter, father and son-in-law, he separates them. His power, his love, his grace, his mercy will show you who's on your team and who's not. Just because they're family doesn't mean that they're on your side. Did y'all hear that? I know it's tough. Some of us can't make great life decisions because we're worried about what mama thinks. Some of us can't make great life decisions because we're worried about what so-and-so is going to say. Or, or Aunt Mirtha. You have a Mirtha in their family? If you do, I'm sorry. You have Aunt Mirtha. We're worried about what Mirtha's going to say. Hey, cares but what? Who's Mirtha to God? Who's Mirtha to God's calling? For all the naysayers that said y'all never should have been married, you've been married for 30 years now. And they on marriage 17. Get out of my marriage. You got a problem with me being married? Pray for me. Shut up. Let's see what the God of the universe does. Sounds like personal. All right. Um, maybe that's me. Um, <laughs> to have a vibrant relationship with God is to be crazy in love with him. And the more you are crazy in love with him, the more you'll be able to have a committed relationship to others and you experience a committed relationship from others. We're entering into communion as our band is coming up. This is a great opportunity for you and I to start our level or first level of commitment. When we come to the communion table to say, God, I am literally giving you my faults, my issues. I'm coming in communion 
with you, to relate with you, to have relationship with you, to be reconnected to you. Would you, God, please open up my heart, my mind, and my spirit. Let this be the moment where I start to make the very first step at this table to go deeper and be more. Let me connect with you. Let me learn how to connect. Be a part of this great church, to be a part of your Christian community. Show us how to grow in love and be crazy in love with you. Moving from infatuation to crazy in love. Father, would you bless us, our heart, our mind, our thoughts, our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.